everyone, and welcome back to part two of Something Old, Something New, Something Borrowed, and Something Cancerous, which is, of course, episode 27 of Remember, Remember, That Time I Got Cancer. I am your host, Erica, and I'm really excited for you to hear this second part of of this episode, really. It's a two-parter. Emily called that it would be a two-parter before we even started to record, and I should have known that she would be right. Be warned, this one gets not gross, but mushy, because we love each other. Anyways, I hope that you enjoy it, and I did just want to say episode 27 means there's only 10 more episodes between me and the end of this challenge. I am so close that I can taste it. So I'm trying to think of what all we did in terms of the day before. I remember we went shoe shopping. We went to Primark for shoes. Yes. We got married when we were 23. Okay, people? No judging about Primark for sh- for wedding attire. <laughs> I think it's great. Listen. Hey, we needed three bridesmaids to have the same shoes. Primark delivered. It's the same they for the did. groomsmen. I'll be quite honest. Same for the groomsmen. Especially when, you know, one of your bridesmaids lives in a different country and only comes over a couple days before. Yep. So we got shoes. We went and got manicures. That was fun. And I got my eyebrows done. (laughs) Yes, I do remember that. There was like other prep work to be done, wasn't there? On Friday, it was just last minute preparations. I remember we sort of were walking around the main sort of square area in Gloucester, closing down the shops, like trying to, I think the very last thing I needed was a makeup mirror. And we were like racing across to Debenhams or something like that. And you had been with us for like the whole day. And then for that very last bit, you were like, guys, I, I cannot. I think we like left you in a Costa or something. So we like ran across Gloucester, not across Gloucester. Across the but like we ran, we ran, there was a, there was some running involved. So I remember we had to run to get to this shop before it shut. We bought this makeup mirror wherever it was. And then we went back to meet you at the Costa. And you were just sat there with your your hot chocolate or whatever, just being like, I'm fine. I didn't realize until right then, when the color was back in your face, how pale you had been when we had left you earlier. And I was like, okay, yes, it is a very good thing we did not just make you run across. Obviously, you wouldn't have. But no, yeah, that's a very strong memory that I have of that. I don't remember any other specifics, but I, it was definitely more than just that. It was fabrics for chairs and like how do we finalize and what we put in the. Yeah, that was things. the day that people went went back to the church for like final building prep. I don't know. Something happened that I also ducked out of. Yeah, like the night before the Friday night, we went to the church and we got everything set up. Because, like I said, there was some event on Friday there that we couldn't be in there. event on a Friday night. Yeah, so we couldn't be there for the sort of normal evening slot. But then once they were done... Oh, yeah, it was the youth. Because was the uh, youth. there was, like, a bunch of teenagers who were super sweet. And they were like, do you want help? And so, like, the youth group of the church was, like, moving around chairs and helping us set up. And they were, they were like, very excited just because... And a couple of them were like, oh, it's John. John's yeah, I was going to say, did any John's of them know you? Married. Yeah, a couple of them knew me. They were like, oh, you're the guy that used to play the keys in the youth group. And I was like, yeah, that's me. And they were like, oh, cool. Congrats on your marriage. <laughs> so basically, the the long and short of that is 
both the night before the wedding and the night before that, there was prep happening that normally Erica would have been all over and I did duck out because I was feeling pretty tired. Yeah, understandably so. Which was sort of all to the good because actually the day of their wedding was like the first good and healthy day I had experienced in way longer than I realized. Like suddenly I was at the wedding and I don't remember when I said this, but I was like, oh, I've been sick for a long time. Like just not even talking just after the surgery or in the time where I had had the infection, but like I had been lacking in vitality. Like that's the only way I can describe it. And all of a sudden the day of you guys' wedding, I felt like a living human for the first time in a really long time. And that was cool. <laughs> Except for the fact that my dress didn't fit. <laughs> Well, I've, I've mentioned that on the podcast before is that like the dress was easily two sizes too big by the time the wedding came around. But like, that's fixable. With tape. Yeah, yeah say it was. It's not like the dress was too small. That would be a problem. When I see the pictures, like most of the pictures you can't tell. And then in some pictures, it just looks like it is hanging on like just like and I'm like, well, I'll be quite we honest that I completely forgot that that had happened. Like when you mentioned that I was listening because I listen to your podcast. I'm a loyal listener. Um, but you said that and I was like, oh, oh, yeah. But I had completely forgotten about that because, well, I mean, you know, selfish, but also a little preoccupied that day. Yeah, that seems fair. Like, oh. I would feel bad if like you were like, oh, yes, we weren't thinking about the wedding because you had cancer. Like, that would be crappy. And I wouldn't like that. Did we know it was cancer at that point? We were, like, suspecting, but no. And we're going to come to the diagnosis in a little bit here. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should say about the wedding. I know that I promised uh, both my doctor and my mother that I would participate only in gentle dancing <laughs> for the sake of my very fresh incision. This was also the first day that I um, ate really well. <laughs> so after Emily and John were really smart, so they had the wedding and they had their reception and the reception, there were like finger foods, but honestly, a lot of finger foods. Like there was plenty of food. And then after that, the bridal party and the families and a couple other people. I don't know who all was there because it most was, of them I didn't know. It, it was, was pretty much just the bridal party. and It was the bridal party family. and then my mom's cousin's family. So family. Yeah. <laughs> Go with that. So... They scheduled a formal dinner following the reception, which was really nice. I mean, you say formal. It was at a pub, but it was very good. It was, it was steak. I had steak. This is true. That's because you didn't do the thing that John does when he orders food ahead of time. And then forgets what he had the night before. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And so this was the first time that I had like a huge meal since being really sick at the hospital, which I talked about a couple of days ago. And I had been a little squeamish about food because my stomach had been messed with and I couldn't take a lot of food. And But I have low impulse control when it comes to steak. <laughs> and so I ate the whole steak and I didn't even throw up. Yay! Everyone should be so proud. So that was that was the time in Gloucester, the day after uh, my mom and Rachel and I went to the cathedral and did the touristy thing. And then Rachel took the bus home and mom and I took the train home because I was not up to bus travel. That was not something I was doing in my state. Uh, so we took the train home 
and we beat Rachel back to London. And that's the story. Which leads me to another, I mean, five days later, five days after the wedding for me, but more than that for you guys, I had my follow-up appointment 10 days, more than 10 days post-surgery. I forget what date it would have been. But I had my my follow-up appointment with my doctor probably around the 20th of November. And I was, you know, I was told, yes, it was, in fact, cancer. They did the pathology. Pathology is kind of cool because they take your tumor and they cut it into wee little slices and then like wee little pieces and they look at all of them and they essentially count how much of it displays cancer cells. So mine had cancer cells and that was a problem. And it meant that I needed chemo, which meant that I had to leave London. This would formally be new information once I started telling people. But the day I found out, Emily and Jean were on their honeymoon and Rachel was in Budapest. (laughs) Now I had my mom with me, so that was fine, but it did mean having to sort of sit on that information for a while. I didn't post anything on Facebook. I wasn't telling anyone over like text or phone calls, except for, I think my dad. And I was just sort of sitting and knowing that I was going to have to tell uh, Emily and John as, as soon as they got back, because my timeline at that point was real short. So that wasn't great. I know that I had I had called to talk to Rachel or I had texted her and she like knew as soon as I texted her and wasn't like, Hey, it's not cancer. Cause she knew what day the appointment was. She knew that it was cancer, but I didn't, you know, I was trying to avoid any contact with Emily and John as they enjoyed their married person stuff. So <laughs> One way, way, to put le- it. way less sketchy. If you just say the honeymoon, that would have been better, but also way less funny. True. Trying to keep it light, trying to make them laugh. So, when you guys, sorry, I can't sing sing too much of that. I have to pay for it. Yeah, I sang a song the other day and I was like, please don't sue me. And by sang, I mean like roughly stumbled over Battle of Yorktown from Hamilton for like a measure. Depends on their contract. Oh, no. Lin Manuel Miranda seems nice. I don't think he would fault me for using like a line of it in my cancer podcast. Hi, Lin. Especially when I'm like talking about (laughs) the song. Please be nice. Anyways. I don't know if you guys knew the exact date of my follow-up appointment. No. Well, that answers that. Asked and answered. I know that I told, I had Emily over to tell her. So Emily, I guess my question is when I like invited you over, but didn't like come right out and be like, Hey, everything is great. It's not cancer. Did you like have a sense that it was probably cancer? I'll be honest. I don't remember the like, the conversation of you telling me. Do you not remember that conversation? No. You were over and Rachel was there and I told you and you started crying. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, don't cry. And then you like communicated or mumbled or something that like, you know, saying that makes it worse or whatever. And and Rachel went, then cry, bitch, cry. <laughs> And it was funny. You don't remember that? That's, a, that's where that came from. I could have sworn that was... I remember that conversation, but I could have sworn that was, like, right before you left. Like, the last time the three of us were in Catford together. And we were trying not to acknowledge that that was the last time that all three of us were going to be in England together. I mean, you know, unless you were visiting. But, like... I'm pretty sure that's the day I told you. 
I'm pretty I, sure I, that's the day I, I remember there was a day that you come back from just seeing Eric and Rachel, and you didn't tell me, but you were, you looked like you'd cried a lot. Basically, the mo- the moral of this story is that I'm an awful friend and have no memory of this conversation. Or are you a good friend who blocked it out because it was too painful? We'll go with that. <laughs> I think that's a nicer story. Yeah. Uh, but no, Emily did not tell me. It was you that told me. When did I see that? This I don't remember. This was a crazy time in my life. What do you remember from when I told you? I don't remember where we were, but I remember you saying, oh, by the way, something along these lines, the results came back from the pathology um, and they've confirmed it was, in fact, cancerous. And I was just like, ah... Like someone had dropped a really heavy ball on like a concrete floor. And just like, hmm, that's not good. But we have Erica. That is good. Yeah, I was, as I was making notes for this, I was like, I don't remember. Like, I don't remember telling most people, to be honest. Like, I remember telling Rachel because Rachel basically figured it out. And I remember telling Emily. And then like the rest of it becomes very blurry. It was a lot. I remember being just as affected for you as I was for another person who said to me, look, hey, this is what happened. And it's a very similar story. The biggest thing I remember is that because both you and Rachel were trying to stay, obviously all three of us were trying to stay. Um, and you succeeded. Yes. Well, um, <laughs> I was not trying. Good, good marriage visa. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't have to. <laughs> prove to the government that I was the most equipped for the job um of being my wife (laughs) (laughs) so both you and Rachel were trying really hard to stay and like I had moved over with you guys and obviously now I was married and I was starting my new life I was living with John but the idea of living in London without you just seemed impossible to comprehend i was like well erica and rachel have to stay like they have to be here we have to you know continue this adventure together and you were applying for jobs and trying this and trying that and nothing was working and i was like oh man this is it it has to work out it'll be fine it'll be fine something something last minute you'll get a job and and then sponsored or something no no job and on top of that cancer so that was sort of to pardon the uh, very um, possibly inappropriate nature of this metaphor. The nail in the coffin. <laughs> for, I like that one. Thank you. Um, the nail in the coffin of no, Erica is going home. Like, this is it. That's the end of this chapter of our lives. Not to get emotional, but we'd been living with each other for five years almost straight at this point. Like, obviously, like, summer vacations and stuff but like yeah obviously like i wasn't gonna be living with you anyway but like you know what i mean i do <gasps> you officially lived with john for longer than you lived with me yeah oh man hey oh my God, no. <laughs> i don't like that <laughs> man i hadn't thought about that oh man how neither hit i <laughs> that's weird that is very that's really weird, weird. No I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not taken. 
I'm gonna cry now. I think that honestly has has been one of the hardest things about the fact that I had cancer is that it closed a chapter of my life that I definitely wasn't ready to be over. Not just like being in London, but I've been, I talked in a prior episode about how much trouble I had with people and with making friends basically all of my life up until college. But I have been really lucky in that, like, I'm just going to say it, it's going to be really cheesy, but like this, this belief in, platonic soulmates like people that are like another part of your soul (laughs) and I have Rachel and I have Emily and like I'm gonna make her cry um but you know cry bitch cry (laughs) I very vividly remember that conversation I just I don't think it's the same we'll have to get Rachel in on this to see (laughs) what she says can you confirm but yeah having to to live my life like close the chapter on on basically like being in Emily's pocket sometimes literally for a long time you know it's that's been hard but she's also like the first person that I've been like long distance friends with and it's worked yeah I am rubbish at keeping in touch with people (laughs) I am as well but I do think that somehow we just don't have that problem yeah, the line platonic soulmates has just kind of made me cry a little bit, but it's very accurate if we're going to be mushy about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just an afterthought, you know, like, hey, you've got. We're not an afterthought. You've got, you've, Erica's got Rachel and Emily and I've got John. You're not an afterthought. But this podcast is about Erica. <laughs> <laughs> Even when we talk about it now, we've always said Erica did so well on that day of the of the wedding because you just kept going and oh, you yeah. took little breaks like I thought you were gonna have to bow out way earlier than you did like I did not expect you to be there for as much as you were like on the day it was fun but yeah we love you yeah. love you guys you are my other sister Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in today. And um, thanks also to Julius H. for this song, Beltane, which I found on Pixabay. Also, please remember, I still want to do an Ask Me Anything episode. So if you have any questions, you can send it to my email. That's ericaleeconklin at gmail.com. Erica, E-R-I-C-K-A, Lee, L-E-E, Conklin, C-O-N-K-L-I-N, at gmail.com. Now, before I go, don't forget, support single-payer healthcare, go get your damn vaccines, COVID-19 is real, and thanks to the NHS for supporting my continued existence. See you tomorrow.